Now, you may have heard this week about the death of the Argentinian ambassador to Ireland, a lady named Laura Bernal, who was laid to rest a few days ago. Of course, given the current circumstances, her funeral was much more muted and reserved and small scale than it may otherwise have been for a foreign diplomat. But even still, the circumstances of her burial are unusual. Obviously, given the times we live in, it wasn't necessarily possible to have her returned to her her native country. So she was laid to rest in Ireland. But of all the places to be laid to rest in Ireland, she was buried in Foxford, in County Mayo. And why is that? Well, it's actually because Foxford holds a fairly special place in the history of Argentina, so much so that even the Argentinian Navy marched through the streets of the town around this time last year. Donald Fallon is with us to explain all. Donald, good afternoon. How are you? How are you, Gavin? How are you? Uh, th- this is a, a remarkable one. I think a lot of people won't know that there's any significant link at all between Argentina and Foxford and County Mayo. But th- the story of heroism that you're about to tell us today is back, of course, in the news because of the tragic death of the ambassador. It is. Um, on this slot in recent weeks, we've talked about some some incredible people, you know, who've, who've lost their lives as a result of this pandemic. Uh, we had Tarlac McNeilish, for example. Mm. Uh, Laura Bernal, the, the, the ambassador of Argentina to Ireland, 63 years of age at the time of her passing. Uh, last month, and it was a post-mortem that revealed she'd, she'd contracted COVID-19. And a lot of people listening will know, I mean, there's a couple of, of, of curious effects of, of COVID-19 in terms of on, on society. You know, people have to grieve in different ways. Funerals have become very, very small affairs too. So we had this incredible spectacle where a, a foreign ambassador is buried in Ireland, because they have to be, with 10 people in attendance. Mm. And she was someone who took, you know, real joy in her work, but who used her position to highlight the very unique historic relationship between Ireland and Argentina and you know, laid to rest in the birthplace of Admiral William Brown. That's not a name that's widely known. Well, every, everyone, every man, woman, child and dog in the streets in, in Mayo knows that name. Most Irish people won't. Founder of the Navy, uh, of her native Argentina. Uh, and you know, there's been very real media attention in her native country uh, on, on Foxford as a result of this. Uh, and whatever about how every man, woman and dog in the street knows the name in Mayo, he's pretty much a household name in Argentina too. Absolutely. I mean, he even has a football team named after him. You know, that's when you know you know you have made. He lived a remarkable life, which would include being appointed governor of Buenos Aires, honoured with a statue in Dublin. So a little bit like John Gray, who we talked about in recent weeks, mm. he's kind of remembered for cotton people. But, you know, more significantly culturally in his native country, there are just thousands of streets from one end of Argentina to the other named in his honour. I mean, it's the equivalent of an O'Connell Street. Uh, and he's not the most famous link, I would say, between Ireland and Argentina. That honour probably goes to Ernesto Che Guevara, you know, whose father said, in my son's veins flowed the blood of the Irish rebels. But I think Admiral William Brown is easier to celebrate. You know, he's free of the same kind of political uh, controversy. So a hugely popular figure uh, in, in the collective identity of, of Argentinians even today. I always find it mad uh, the number of links that there are between Ireland and some of the Hispanic countries of Latin America because I was in Havana a couple of summers ago and was amazed to discover that there was a street called O'Reilly which was named after some revolutionary leader there as well. And you mentioned the statue of Brown. There's a statue in Marion Street of uh, Bernardo O'Higgins who was one of the Chilean revolutionary leaders which is a mad connection as well. The idea that there would be a guy leading a revolution in Chile with the surname like O'Higgins. It's crazy, isn't it? A very central figure to, to Simon Bolivar over there and, and what uh, what um, what was known as, uh, but Hugo, Hugo Chavez called it the Bolivarian Revolution in his honour. But mm. I think the, the wild geese, as we know them, these Irish migrants played a very central role in, in Central and Southern American history. Mm. Tell us more about, about Brown. His story goes right back to the 1770s. 1777. I mean, this is pre-famine. It's pre-United Irishmen. It's pre-Active Union. It's a very, very different Ireland. And Foxford, if anyone's never been there, just south of Ballina, beautiful place, you know, the Ox Mountains, 
beautiful riverbanks, very far removed culturally, geographically as well from Buenos <laughs> Aires. Mm. But the, the family went to the United States of America and the story is brilliant. Uh, and I always wonder about these kind of foundation stories because they, they sound too good to be true. Yeah, it's a bit convenient, this, this one, isn't it? This, as a young boy, he's walking the banks of the Delaware River uh, and he meets a captain of a ship moored in port who engages him as a cabin boy, which begins this life uh, at sea. So there's there's tremendous wanderlust in that story. It sounds too good to be true. It's like a boy's own adventure tale. Mm. Uh, but he apparently stumbles on a naval life at the Delaware River. And then clearly the, the life at sea suits him because he goes on to, to great and wonderful things. Incredible life. Press ganged into the British Navy 1796. That's a term that doesn't mean anything to most ears today. We hear press gang and we think of the press all standing around. But back then, press gang basically meant that you could be taken into a naval force or a military force by order at sea with or without notice. So your ship could okay. be intercepted by the Royal Navy and next thing you know, you're in the Royal, the Royal Navy. And it was a way of kind of crewing warships. So basically it was a kind of conscription. Totally mad given how it could happen to you at sea. And young Admiral, um, not, not Admiral yet, but young William Brown is captured by the French during the Napoleonic Wars, escapes captivity and then plans a life of kind of relative peace as a merchant at sea. Which is sort of then what brings him onto the radar of South America because he's a merchant in this great, new, exciting and previously unexplored terrain of that part of the world. It's a land of opportunity in the 19th century in its own weird way. And a lot of Irish people would gravitate towards that part of the world for different reasons. When you think about Argentina, like it was Catholic, it was agricultural, so two, you know, two things that uh, made Irish people quite like it, and the weather was going to be a little bit better as well. Between Uruguay and Argentina, you had this great kind of uh, commercial activity going on, and this brown becomes a very successful commercial merchant. But we're talking the very early 19th century, and Argentina is entangled in a war of independence. You have two factions, the royalists, who are loyal to the Spanish crown, and the patriotic forces who want independence, and his sympathies lay with the latter. So even though their naval forces were very weak, very small in scale, this kind of Irish merchant assembles a kind of impoverished fleet of ships, basically turns old merchant ships into naval ships, uh, and goes to battle with the superior Spanish Navy. So is there a touch of the David and Goliath then to this, the idea that the, <laughs> the, the Spanish are so you know well-organised, they're a country that have run the seas for so many centuries, and then he just shows up with his merchant ships double-purposed as, as the Navy and manages to defeat them? Victories at sea for a country with no naval tradition are absolutely incredible. You know, succeeding in kind of blockading superior Spanish. The Spanish have been at this for a long, long time. Mm. And like no one's claiming that William Brown is like some kind of Admiral Horatio Nelson. You know, he's, he's not there. But he did remarkable things with, with very little. So, you know, if, if we're talking football, he's, he's the fella that gets the team from the second division to the Premier League. They don't win it, but they get there. And that's what he manages to do. I mean, he manages to overcome just remarkably superior forces. Uh, do we ever know whether he uh, returns to Ireland after his exploits in Argentina? It said he returns in 1847, but a little bit like the story of how he ends up at sea. I think it's a little bit too good to be true. I mean, 1847 is right in the midst of yeah, the Irish famine. It's, a, so, it's a strange year for people to be arriving in the west of the country, isn't it? Absolutely. It said he returns to Foxford and he's kind of distressed by what he sees. But there's a lot more questions and answers around that visit in terms of document documentation. So I think it's a good part of the the story, if you will. But he dies in Buenos Aires, that's a fact, in 1857. And his funeral is this kind of enormous spectacle. And it's the kind of funeral that bestows someone that's recognised as, as a nation builder. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, there were some sort of common traits between Ireland and Argentina, the sort of the agricultural economy, the fact that they were predominantly Catholic. Is that part of the reason why maybe Argentina came to attract many more Irish migrants in, in the years Absolutely. that followed? 
Absolutely. And if you look at Argentina in the late 19th century, I mean, the GAA does very, very well. There's still GAA teams in Argentina today established by Irish migrants in the late 19th century. They're still playing Gaelic League branches, you know, teams named after uh, Admiral William Brown in sport. And one article on Brown says almost every town in Argentina, however small, has its statue of Admiral Brown, a square, a street or an official building, sometimes all three called after the Irishman. So, I mean, he cements this place in kind of Argentinian popular consciousness that I think makes Argentina quite a, a, a warm house for Irish migrants later on. And then you get this remarkable twist where when the Easter Rising happens in Dublin, one of the flags that's raised over the GPO is raised by a lad called Eamon Bulfin, who'd been born in Buenos Aires, raised on the stories <laughs> of Admiral William Brown. So to me, there are, there are forgotten diaspora. We think about Boston, we think about Liverpool, uh, you know, we think about Edinburgh, we think of New York City. We very rarely think of Buenos Aires. Yeah, and the one thing actually, that just a, a bit of stat trivia that I happen to know of, I know that there was a, one of the All-Stars hurling trips was to Buenos Aires. It must be about... 10 years ago or maybe a little bit more at this stage apparently there's a district in Buenos Aires called Hurlingham which is actually named after the fact that there was a hurling club there once upon a time and hurling they say was on the precipice of becoming a really major mainstream sport in Argentina right up until the late 1930s and then the world went off a cliff and by the time everything came back to normal apparently they converted to cricket uh, but there is a, a, wow. hurling, a hurling club in Buenos Aires which is actually a cricket club but which was originally the stick and ball sport that we know um, in this part of the world um, did you say there's a statue of Brown beside the Liffey somewhere? There is he's down by the docks if you go right down the River Liffey and the statue uh, there's also one in, in Foxford where a gift from the Navy of Argentina uh, donated as part of their their uh, anniversary celebrations. But there's a tremendous... I remember last year a ship came in from Argentina and they allowed people to get on board and to have a look around it. And they docked literally as close as they could to Admiral William Brown's statue. And then when you had those the, the, the members of the Argentinian Navy here in 2019, they paraded through the streets of his hometown. So just absolutely, absolutely extraordinary. And I think the sad passing now of Laura, the, the ambassador... Uh, it was acknowledged by the Admiral William Brown Society. They've done an awful lot to promote these historic connections. They said that Ambassador Bernal had a great affection for the people of Foxford and County Mayo. And we're honoured that her family have chosen our area uh, as her final resting place. But I think her ch the, the choice of burial place for her family, it's going to lead to a very renewed interest in Admiral William Brown here and in Argentina. And just an extraordinary life, you know, an incredible life. The man who went into battle with the words comrades, confidence and victory, discipline and three hails to the motherland words that they, they never forgot in that part of the world. Yeah, three hails to the motherland and of course then debatable as to which motherland he might even have been referring to at any particular time but uh, remarkable stuff. I'm reminded of the line I think is it one of the old Wilfred Owen poems or maybe Siegfried Sassoon that there is some some corner of some forgotten field which would be forever England that in a funny way there's a corner of, of Buenos Aires which is forever Mayo and now perhaps the converse too with the ambassador uh, being laid there for her final arrest. Uh, Donald Fallon as ever fascinating stuff. Thank you for that. Donald Fallon is the uh, creator of the Community Me blog and the author of the books of the same name and he is the presenter of the Three Castles Burning podcast which you'll find online.